0: In the name of the true and living God, amen. Please be seated. So we used to have two cats as part of my family's household. Um, I've never aspired to be a cat person, but when I met my wife, Sarah, and we got married, the cats were part of the deal. And so Sam and Cleo became part of my life. And Sam and Cleo were Siamese cats, litter mates. And if you've ever experienced having a Siamese cat in your household, you probably know they're very vocal. These very loud animals. And um, one thing that I observed learning about these very strange creatures was that if there was a door that was closed somewhere in the home, it wasn't unusual for one of the cats to be sitting on one side and making that plaintive sound over and over crying to be let to the other side of that closed door. one of us humans then would go and oblige we'd open the door the cat would go through we'd close it behind the cat and then pretty soon you hear that sound again on the other side of the closed door and i realized this is a thing with cats they always want to be on the other side of any closed door not that different from human beings when i was a little kid i grew up in southern california and we did a road trip with my family once and we drove all over the southwest and one of the places that we went to was Salt Lake City. And that was the first time I learned about the LDS faith, the, also known as the Mormons. And I remember seeing the temple that was there and being told, you can't go inside that unless you become Mormon. Only if you become Mormon can you see inside. And I remember thinking, maybe I should become Mormon so I could see it. <laughs> and then I thought, no, I wasn't that interested in seeing it, but, but it's human nature. We want to see whatever's on that other side of what is closed. And when you look around this city, it is a place of doors that are open and doors that are closed. There are chambers that hold power inside and some have the keys to enter and most do not. There are fences and gates and guards. There's a a strong sense of inside and outside. But it's not just Washington. There are always going to be doors that are opened or closed to each of us wherever we go. We all have a set of keys on our proverbial keychains. Keys that give us access to not just physical space, but social space. And each person's set of keys is unique to each One of us. No one else has the same exact access as anybody else. Got a very literal reminder of the importance of keys this uh, past week. A few days ago, I did something I've actually never done before. But when I got to work, I realized that I had forgotten my work keys at home. And all day long, I realized how many locked doors I'm normally able to open That on that particular day, I was totally helpless and needed to have people opening for me, even getting into my own office. It can be so easy to take for granted the access that you may have. And so remember, no matter who you are, there's always somebody who has more access than you do. And there's also always somebody who has less access than you do and so what will you do with the access that you have been given when we hear about the disciples as they're gathered after the ascension um, before the spirit has a- arrived for pentecost they are gathered in a home i kind of imagine that they're huddled together and that the doors are closed and that's something that we know they've done at other times and and then suddenly, out of nowhere, something that belongs outside, a wind, arrives inside the home. It's come in through the doors of the building. And it's not just a wind, it's this incredible noise, this rushing sound, the air moving. And then flames start to appear, these divided tongues of fire that arrive and land on the heads of each person that's in there. If you've noticed, uh, bishops in, in our tradition, we have bishops, and they wear these hats that are called miters. And the shape of the hat, if you've ever seen a bishop wearing their mitre, is this pointy hat that they wear on the top of their head. And this relates to Pentecost. It's reminding us of the flames, the tongues of fire resting on the heads of the people. And then the most wonderful thing happens. The miracle at Pentecost is one of the most practical, one of the most wonderful miracles that could have happened. A miracle that would be great for us to experience today. It's a miracle where all of a sudden when they're speaking, people are finding that they're speaking in languages they didn't know they knew. They're speaking in all the languages of the world and then people hear this crazy sound and they start to gather and the people are People who are in Jerusalem at the time, but they're from all around. And when they hear the disciples speaking, everybody understands as if they are speaking their own native language. It's a reverse of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel story, remember at the very beginning, the everybody speaks all one language. The whole world is united. And they decide that they're going to build this tower and reach the heights of God essentially their pride leads them to try to displace god and god won't have it god confuses their language as it says in the old in the king james translation and they end up having themselves divided they can't communicate they can't speak something that we can relate to today and pentecost is a reversal There's a fascinating article that was run in the New York Times a few days ago written by Elizabeth Diaz and in it she points out that in response to the many crises that we have been witnessing as a nation lately, instead of grieving together and taking collective action, each crisis now seems to send the country deeper into division and fighting. And She quotes the rabbi Michael Springer who says, you can't underestimate the need for belonging and that in crises people turn to their groups of comfort which ends up sometimes separating us further. We've been living in a time of decreased belonging in recent decades as confidence in religious organizations and community groups and institutions is clearly diminishing. But we have to turn that around if we are going to address the problems we all face together. The Episcopal priest Cynthia Bourgeau, who is also quoted in the article, points out that while American culture often prizes individual liberty over collective needs, ultimately humans are born to care about others and not turn away. Bourgeau says, human beings are born for meaning we have very very large souls we are born for generosity and for compassion she is right we need to restore access to that part of us and to that part of one another the spirit that blew into that house and gave birth to the christian church at pentecost has the power to surprise us even today. To open us to the power of God in our midst, which is here, knocking on the door of our two often closed hearts, eager to be let in. To bring us back into union with God and with one another. To restore us to access. So that we can do the work of love that God requires of each of us. Amen.